telling stories from the EGA Clubhouse. So, hi everybody. I'm Louise Barnes from Ear Candy Dubbing um, in Johannesburg, South Africa, and I am the chairperson for the EGA Education Committee. Uh, today, I'll be chatting to Will Brown Hernandez from DreamWorks Animation Television. He is a multimedia post-production and video director and a localization and subtitling expert. And if you didn't guess it already, we are going to be talking about dubbing animation. Hi, Will. Hi, Louise. So, I mean, to me, it feels like you have a dream job. You know, there's an aligned workflow between production and international dubbing. Is it as idyllic as it sounds or does it produce its own set of challenges? Oh my goodness. I mean, yes. To wit, I am a dream worker and that is the HR approved term. Um, but you know, it's not, it's not far from reality. And, and I have to say our, the way our team is set up and the way that we interact with filmmakers, it's, it's really just kind of a, it is kind of a dream experience. Uh, and first I should start by saying that, you know, our team is split into three divisions, translation operations and creative. And this was the, this was the doing of our, our head of dubbing, uh, Scott McCarthy, who wanted the three elements of, of dubbing to, to be, to have their own advocates that collaborate together for production and to have the three, and also to integrate the teams earlier on in the production so that we uh, have conversations with filmmakers about what they're going to do. Uh, and this helps us with you know developing our own dubbing plans, understanding the shows, um, and even budgeting. It, it, it really helps us uh, budget intelligently. Uh, so, as you might imagine, translations covers translations, and everything starts from them because the translations have to be spot on. Operations handles operations, and my team, which is the creative team, we oversee casting and songs. And so, it it, it really is. We we both have, a, I think, a structure that is uniquely suited to the dubbing process, and we also have access to the domestic filmmakers, to our domestic casting and music teams, which are amazing, and we they they. We collaborate so closely with them. It's just, it's dreamy. And I think that that close collaboration is what makes it dreamy, is that everybody is yes. working towards a shared vision and, and you're all on the same page, which I think is sometimes so often the challenge, you know, when, when, when the dubbing of an animated title comes afterwards, um, you know, there, there's that gap between understanding what the workflow really looks like. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think we, we have, you know, we, we were able to close that gap in, in many ways, uh, which is fantastic because on the one hand, we're, we're able to honor the integrity of the filmmaking. Uh, mm-hmm. On the other hand, we, I like to like, I like to compare it to, to jazz, especially like to bebop jazz where, it sounds like the player, you know, the players are improvising, but they're improvising two very strict chord changes. If any of those players steps out of the rhythm or the chord changes, it, it just kind of falls apart. So they're all, they all have a very strict structure. They, they get what the core and the essence of the show is, or, or sorry, the song, not the show, but that gives them freedom to, to know when to improvise. And I think in, in that same way, understanding the essence of the show, what the, the chord changes of a show, what's really essential to it, allows us then to make minor modifications for, for the local culture or, or also when we're casting to understand that if we capture the essence of a particular character, it's okay that the voice print match, for example, isn't as close. As long as we really understand what that essence is, 
what that character is going to go through, it gives us more freedom to, you know, to, to make choices. Yeah. It empowers us. And what are the, when you talk about that essence, I mean, what are the things that you look for? Oh. Are there specific choices that you make or is it, is it just a creative feel as you go through the, as you go through that process? That's a, that's a really good question. I think it's, it's different for, it's different for every show, but I think it's, it's understanding what the essence of the character of each character is, what their relationship to other characters is in the show, what that character is going to go through, uh, how they're going to grow, what you're going to need them to do in, you know, episode 20, for example, so I think understanding that gives, you know, really helps us to get the three or four things that are critical to get within this casting. Um, so that, that's what I mean by understanding the, the essence. Mm-hmm. And, and ditto on the songs. I think uh, we interact closely with our music team and on the songs, they, you know, we, we have access to their stems, for example, and that gives us a sense of exactly what the, what parts we need to cover, what each part needs to cover, so that then when our studios are putting the song back together, they, they get the right building blocks. And once they put it back, you know, they don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. Yeah. yeah. And, and do you apply fixed rules that go across, I mean, you, you dub in 30 different locations. So are there fixed rules for everything? Or are there rules that will apply um, that, that are that are pl- slightly pliable um, in terms of culture, um, you know, from an artistic license point of view. So, for example, if the content, um, what do you do in the storyline in a particular series um, in a certain location may not be as warmly welcomed by that specific culture as it would be in the West? So things like... I don't know, unicorns or, or magic. How do you deal with that? You know, ooh, that's, a, that's a really good question. And I think we, we always want to advocate for the integrity of any content. And we also, we always want to advocate for the things that we believe in uh, mm. for diversity and inclusion, for example. Yeah. Um, so I think... Oh, that, that's a, you know, honestly, that's a very good question. And I think that's something that you have to approach on a case by case basis. And yeah. you have to make decisions that, you know, with humility towards each, each locale and towards the audience in a particular locale, but also, you know, adhering to your core beliefs and, and, you know, to, oh, wait, <laughs> Sorry. Chris is getting a call. <laughs> I just declined Chris's call <laughs> for our podcast listeners. If you caught that, Chris, if you caught that, I apologize if that was an important one. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I think oh, you're right. I, I think that that is how you you maintain the the, the creative. You know, the, the you 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 you're, you're being honest to what the original is, but while still embracing the the, the diversity of the culture and localizing it. So that audience can enjoy the, the story as it is. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and, and I think that oftentimes you can find solutions that where you can still adhere to your to your core beliefs and to and, and I think I think having access to the filmmakers helps us really get at, at what the core essence is, is is that we're trying to convey in a show. That helps quite a bit. We don't have to wonder. Um, 
what is it that we're trying to achieve here? We also have very honest conversations with our, our studio partners about what they can do. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I think if we approach it with humility towards the locales, but also with a firm belief in our, in our integrity, you know, in our, our core beliefs, I think that that's, that's the only thing you can do really. And then uh, take it from there. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, and then, so what, yeah, sorry. Well, I was going to ask you, I mean, you, you have extensive experience with animation and, and with locales that maybe, you know, where maybe some content you have to work around it. What, what, what has been your experience? It's interesting. I mean, I think um, there are, there are instances where, where you have to take a long, hard look at, 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 at the story um, and, and sometimes it actually just doesn't work for the audience because, you know, in, in Africa, it's, a, it's an interesting place. And there's a lot of, whereas, West, you know, in the West, kids are raised with um, a wonderful sense of magic and what that means. Um, whereas sometimes in, within our context, it has a very dark connotation to it. Um, you know, as, as a, and then there's, there's some crazy things, you know, uh, when Peppa Pig, who in my opinion is one of the most beloved children's characters in the world, is suddenly yes. seen like pigs are bad, you know, <laughs> pigs don't fly oh, yeah. here. And what do you do with that? You know, so, uh, but I agree with you, you've got to stay true to, to the core of, 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 of what it is that the, that the filmmaker is trying to communicate through their story. And I think that often by following the, that premise, you do find a way around it. It's just how, you know, the words that you use and the language and the translation is always so key, which is exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and uh, I think, I mean, I think ultimately you just have to, you, you have to retain your integrity, your, your core beliefs and treat people with respect and, and try to adopt a little humility here and there yeah, yeah absolutely and humility always goes a long way uh, it, it, it enables a lot of forgiveness um, <laughs> yes <laughs> so so talk to me about casting i mean 30 locations um how, how do you cast i mean you know we can we can take that then into do we pick children or adults um you Ooh. know so, so how, what is your casting process well, we we start early on in, in the casting. Um, again, part of part of the dream, the dream work, um, as it were, is that we're able to interface with the filmmakers pretty early on in the production, and with our domestic casting team, which is incredible. Uh, you know, they've won multiple Emmys. They're just the best, uh, and and so we get access to to what's happening with the casting, who the characters are. Um, we we have access to early animatics. And so we, we get to see what the performances are shaping up to be. Um, so that helps us develop concrete guidelines for, for, you know, for the characters, which, which we sent to the studios. It also, we also align with our casting team on, on priorities. You know, we, we don't know who's going to become a huge character in episode 13 early on, but they will. So they'll give us a heads up so that we know, okay, we should look at casting this one. And we also align with them on the the essence of the characters. When we discuss the characters, we talk about who they are. We ask questions about their arcs, their transformations. Uh, so we we basically we we really get the best of both worlds. Where we or sorry, let me take that again. We basically it's it's the ideal situation where we have access to this information early on. We're able to make uh, to to present this information to the studios. 
And the, oh, sorry, let me take that again. I'm so sorry, Louise. That's okay. So, yeah. so it really is an ideal situation where we get we get to be a bridge between the domestic team and the studios, which is the the second part of this equation where we rely on on very strong local studio partners um, mm-hmm. who understand our shows. Uh, uh, we have conversations with them about what the show is going to be. Um, and then we rely on them. This is where the humility comes in. When we get their their casting send, they always have notes and, and we always take their notes into into account. And, and we're there to to be able to advise and to, to pick. But really, we, we always want to do that with humility. We always want to um, really listen to them. Uh, especially when it's a, when it's something linguistic uh, um, and we'll have questions for them. You know, we'll, we'll say, Hey, we, you know, for example, this character sounds age appropriate for the role and they, they capture the essence of the character, but can you give us a sense of their pronunciation is linguistically, are they going to be able to handle this many lines uh, and still keep a smooth intonation? So we, we do this through a lot of conversations. And I think that that's so important, you know, having those types of conversations it's not just about picking the voice and it being a good voice match. You've got to look at the, at the performer at, holistically and what you're going to be able to, you know, um, draw out of them creatively as you go through the recording process. Um, so I think that that's, that's so important. Oh, 100%, because a studio director is going to know you know, if we if we say, oh, we really think this, especially with kids, uh, we really think this kid is spot on for this role. The studio director might come back and say, you know, I get it. I don't know that this particular dubbing talent, they, they might be too young or we've, you know, they, they don't have the literacy. That's one thing with kids is, is sometimes they don't have, they're not, uh, their literacy isn't far enough along where they can cold read a script. And so we need that feedback from them. Uh, but then what's great in, in a situation like that is they they understand exactly what we're looking for in that character and they just have to get a performer who can do the role who fits that profile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I agree. It's, it's those conversations. I'm sure that you you have that those conversations with your with your clients too, where, you know, you this is something, you you know the talents better than, than they do yeah. ultimately. Yeah. Well, well, I think that that's what makes a great a great relationship between a dubbing studio and a client. It's about having that open communication. Um, yeah. You know, I think, uh, and one of the questions I want to ask you is, um, what would you give as advice to um, a, a an animation producer? You know, a first time animation producer. What would you give them advice to to keep in mind while they go through their production process, so that 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 they can know that the that the the programs or the series that they produced um, is going to be able to be dubbed into or localized into a variety of different languages, and that it's not going to result in that kind of backward re-engineering, which does often often happen with clients. You know, where they come and they say get this done, please, will you dub it? But then they don't have a variety of necessary things or which makes, it impacts the quality of the, 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 the dubbed animation down the line when you don't have the benefit of these conversations. And I think that that's, you know, if you're not communicating and then the studio doesn't have what they need, uh, it, it's not good for the viewer at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I think I think ultimately it's it's alignment with with a, a dub team. 
and again, we're, we're very lucky that we, we have a dub team in house and that we interface with the filmmakers and, and that the filmmakers are so, they bring us into their process. They're so generous with us, with their time. Right. They, they understand the importance uh, of the dubs. And so they really bring us in and they ask us questions. And, and when we, you know, we have a, a series of about 15 questions that we ask them uh, early on in the production and they patiently sit through them and, and listen and ask us, you know, get to the core of why we're asking these questions. I, I think, I mean, that's, that's basically it is, is, uh, you know, if you're, it, it bring in, bring in the dub teams early on. That's, that's the one thing that I think, uh, you know, and, and Scott, uh, our head of uh, dubbing will, will say this as well. Like the one thing is bring in, bring in dubbing early on into the process. And the idea is not to limit what creative can do, but it's so that, you know, so that the creative teams can understand it, to some degree so that they can understand what effects their choices are going to make on the dubbing, but really so that the dubbing team can be there to capture these important elements and, and be able to, you know, be able to head them off when they're dubbing. Um, yeah. One of the, for example, one of the things that, that we are able to do early on is because we see the episodes, we are able to identify um, elements of the show that will be really great for international reuse and part of the standard post process is identifying those elements, but we take a look as well and occasionally we identify elements that weren't caught as part of that. Um, okay. And so we're able to add to that and that increases uh, consistency. It, it retains the you know, brand quality and consistency across multiple territories. And our studios, uh, they, they love it because if you have somebody doing uh, chicken voice effects, we don't have to have those chicken voice effects replicated in, in 30 markets. And if you have the Bradley Baker who does voice effects for all our DreamWorks shows, who is the best in the world, yeah. you don't want to find 30 D Bradley Bakers in part because 30 D Bradley Bakers do not exist. Fortunately. Our, our, our studios get great talent. Yeah. Oh, pardon? You, yeah. Sorry. You, and you don't take, our, repeat that. Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no you worries. Oh, no, just that. Our studios, uh, our studios have amazing talents, but D. Bradley Baker is one of a kind. Which, and that 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 makes the world of difference. So yes, it, yeah. yeah. And so to be able to have the benefit of that talent across, you know, thirty different versions, that 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 brings that consistency. So I agree with you. You, you when you have the benefit of going in early, um, it alleviates having to recreate something that's perfect in, you know, in the original. Oh, sure. But it does, it does require having close contact to the filmmakers and, and with, yes. with casting and talent relations and, you know, making sure that, that the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed to use that, that American expression. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so what would you say the challenges are when dubbing, when, when casting across um, 30 different languages? Um, you know, I think getting the essence of each character right every time, um, I think communicating to the studios what the essence is, um, even though, you know, again, we rely on, on really strong local studio partners. So they often hear, you know, watch a character, watch a casting clip, read a description, and they have it right away. Um, but every once in a while, we, we find that, you know, we, we're there to to advise uh, every once in a while, uh, you know, we'll get calls after we send a casting kickoff, we'll, we'll get requests for calls from studios and we'll do check-ins with them when they have questions about characters or, or what, what 
really is the essence of each character. So I think that's the, you know, aside from the processing all the casting clips and, and listening to everybody and, um, you know, especially during the pandemic availability issues and, and mm-hmm. bringing, being able to just get people in, especially when casting kids, aside from those uh, workflow challenges, I think creatively that's the biggest challenge is, is really communicating what the integrity is of the, of the production or what the essence is of each character. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned kids. So talk to me about <laughs> casting kids. Because <laughs> I know I have well, a very I... opinion on this. <laughs> I really hope our laughter really makes the cut because I think in some ways that tells you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, working with kids, what's the, the old saying, uh, the old Hollywood saying? If you want, if you want to have it an, an like a smooth shoot, don't no kids, no animals, no water, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Kids are are difficult to work with. Uh, different locales have different uh, working restrictions for kids, as as does the United States, and rightly so because, you know, kids are are developing, uh, and so there there are operational challenges. Um, there are working challenges as well like we just you know like we discussed earlier sometimes kids don't have uh the ability to sight read for example Mm -hmm. um there's lots of reasons that working with kids is more difficult however in it's just it's magical i mean when i think that when kids watch a show and they hear genuine kid voices, they maybe consciously, they won't, you know, maybe consciously it would be the same effect as if they hear adults doing kids. And there are lots of great dubbing talents around the world who do incredible kid voices. But I think when it registers to them that they're hearing kid voices, it, it empowers them. Like, okay. So DreamWorks is releasing, just released a show called uh, Teams and Coco on Netflix. It's a fantastic show. And it's all about Oh, really? With Team Zanko Go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, literally five minutes before you and I coming on character. So she's not feeling very well today. So she was given some extra TV time. That's what she was uh-huh. watching. <laughs> she was very I, excited. I said I was coming to talk to you. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, I mean, see that that's a that's a fantastic. It, it's a fantastic show, by the way. But it's about, yeah. you know, it's about kids being superheroes, being do-gooding, Zenko, you know, uh, practicing Zenkos, which is doing good out in the world, uh, or, you know, another name for that, akin to a mitzvah. And it's about, it's all about kid empowerment. And I think for a kid, hearing actual kids, like registering, these are real kid voices, really gets across that empowerment and that sense of of ownership of your own life and and also of adventure and excitement. And I think they just really see themselves in the characters. And we want to replicate that in the local versions. We want kids to have that same engagement, that same thrill, that same sense of empowerment. It's really, it's really important. No, I agree. And I think it is, you know, when you can make the, when you can find that balance, um, invariably it pays off. You know, yes, the, the amount of work that's involved is always you know, greater and the, the, the challenges that, that are faced and the time that it takes. But when you get it right, it is truly magical. Thank you. 
Yes, um, I think um, <laughs> uh, Scott, uh, our head of dubbing, uh, said, "Try not to say magical too much," but you know, it's <laughs> it's magical. It's very magical. <laughs> we we yeah, have no, a saying it, in our studio where we say we we you know our purpose is to is to create believable magical stories for kids in their own language so that's kind of what drives my creative team because it is it's that's what yeah. that's what kids want you know so they'll have yeah. to edit out a lot of magical out of this because i think you and i are both <laughs> on the same page <laughs> yes so then, and i have then, to say and I, and, I, and I have to say it, it it does make it does make it a little bit more difficult and and i should give a shout out to our operations team maggie Suzanne, jacob and conrad who I kid you, I, it, sometimes it feels like they bend the very essence of space and time to mm -hmm. make it work with the talents. And I know that we were putting a big onus on them. Um, you know, and, and kids also have school, they go on vacation. Uh, sometimes they, they no longer want to dub and they don't have the same, you know. Uh, so I think part of it is collaborating with our operations team who is really sensitive and, and really, I mean, they just, they move heaven and earth for us. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Without without ops, you can never get anything done in in, yeah. in, in the right amount of time. And, and no, I, I, they're invaluable. Um, yeah. But now, talk to me about that the, the the other the other big challenge, which is what we started to speak about before coming on on camera: songs. Um, yeah. talk, talk to me about your process. Um, you know, and and what you love about it and then what makes it what makes it so difficult to do, especially across 30 languages. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, songs are, are difficult, uh, obviously. Uh, I, you know, when we were talking earlier, I think we had the same reaction as when we were talking about kids is, is yeah, songs are, are very, very difficult. And especially when you have shows with kids in them, you have to find kids often who can sing really well or sound alikes who whose voice really aligns, which is almost as difficult as finding oh, kids who can act and sing really well. Yeah. Yeah. So no matter what, it's difficult, but um, you know, it, it's so, it's so important. First, I, I just want to say it's so worth it. The songs are incredible. Um, another one of our shows, Gabby's Dollhouse has mm -hmm. incredible music and uh, you know, that music lives on Spotify. It, 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 my, my daughter watches actually Gabby's Dollhouse. She loves it. And she, keep singing the songs over and over and over again and she just loves them and so it's it's such an important element of, of engagement with the with the material but they do pose a challenge and to go back to what i keep saying which is that we have a, a dream a dream setup at, at dreamworks um, so magical and dream i think we're saying too many times buzzwords <laughs> <laughs> of the but, day yeah. yes but part of part of what what happens is we're we're early on in the conversations with our music department. We get a sense of uh, how musical a show is going to be, what kinds of songs it's going to have, who the singers are going to be, so that we can focus on finding you know on casting singers for just those characters. Um, what the music strategy is. Oftentimes, if we can mirror the music strategy, it it makes our workflow uh, more seamless. Uh, it makes our budgeting you know it makes us more cost effective as well. So we having access to that is invaluable. The music uh, department also shares with us their stems and lead sheets, with, which we share with the studios. And as you know, if you're in the booth and, and you can give a talent their stem for the one part that they have to cover, um, you, know, you know, you don't have to worry about the talent, maybe not being able to sight read notation as easily. It just makes life so much, so much better. Um, okay. So 
so that's that's how we we approach it and then we we you know qc good old good old-fashioned qc uh um we have uh our, the creative team at, at uh, in international dubbing is uh, uh brad darnell sandra tabora they are incredible both of them um brad has an ear for casting that's incredible and alessandro is a composer and mixer and so he leads our our qc efforts and brad and i also listen to songs but really it's it's alessandro's ear that we rely on and he's very good at uh communicating guidelines to the studios for recording the songs at clearing uh background vocal tracks if we can reuse them which also studios love also brings down our costs um and at at giving the studios notes and, and help. And, and we, you know, we've had uh, conversations with studio mixers. We try to develop uh, relationships with them as well so that they understand what we want and, mm-hmm. and so that they understand Alessandro's feedback as well. I think because we're, we're dealing with sometimes people who are not English natives, often people who are not native English speakers, I think also developing those relationships so that they understand the notes and are able to implement them properly is really essential. And so it's, it's, you know, it's the same, it's the same uh, as with casting. It's really, it's communicating the essence of the song, what the building blocks are, so then the studios can take those and put their songs back together and produce incredible mixes. And then we yeah. you know, put our ears on them to make sure. No, of course. And I think it is such a critical part of, of the localization process when it comes to animation. Yeah. Because as you say, the, st- the songs often are more in the world than the programs themselves. So to yeah. give a child the ability to, you know, to, to, to walk to school with that song in their head um, and what the impact of that is, I think that, it re- that, that really is, you know, I think one of the questions we were, we were going to chat about is what the difference is between animation dubbing and, and live action. And I think that like songs really, yes, of course you can have their songs in live action, but it's those animated songs that really just elevate what it is that you're doing to a place that makes it live, you know, live in a, in a child's head for a long, long time. And generation after generation, because, you know, that's what happens with animated content. That audience moves on and then and the next wave moves in. And so, you know, it just it, it keeps on going. So it, it oh, really yeah. is it's ex- extremely impactful. Oh, yes. And, and I think, you know, this this speaks to, to something larger that one of our team's mantra is, is that we are a, a brand team, you know, in the same way that the domestic the domestic teams take pains to ensure that that an audience's interaction with the content is always of the highest quality always consistent uh um you know if you for Gabby's Dollhouse, if you if you encounter if you if you love Gabby's Dollhouse, you have access to the songs on Spotify. You have access to all of this other content as well. And and I think we in dubbing we we are a brand team in that regard. We want that to happen as well in all the different cows and for it to be seamless and for all the content to be accessible and for people to really be able to engage with these shows in the same way. And and as you said, for it to 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 happen generation after generation, it you know if if this content is is great uh you know kids from now will love it uh i i mean i've had that experience with my own daughter who is engaging with the lion king which may have traumatized her a little bit but you know but she she loves it and and she she's engaged with this content that that was very meaningful to me or or flat of the navigator this old uh disney channel movie which is incredible 
amazing right yeah and she she lost her mind she loves it and and high quality content like that it will keep engaging kids and and i think we as as a brand team thinking of ourselves as a brand team we want to make sure that that experience is is really the best it possibly can be in each locale and and consistent and seamless yeah absolutely because viewer experience is everything you know even even yes. when your viewers even when your viewers are somewhere between the ages of two and eight um in yes. fact more yes. important because they're, they're taking it on in a way that it's not always um that they're, they're not always thinking about it so the, the quality is absolutely imperative but they will you know they they will they just won't engage with it if if the if the content isn't yes. you know yeah and when it and conversely when it's done really well they they really will they will flock to it yeah no absolutely um yeah it's a uh, I think the thing that I love about dubbing animation is exactly that, you know, in, in my context, and we, we do work in, in quite a few languages, but often, you know, the, the, the kids that are watching it, they're not, when they see it, as, see it in English, there is no real kind of association. And to then be able to take, like you're saying, but with, with, with the Lion God as an example, to be able to take that to a new audience who can then, you know, then it becomes a part of, of their world um, forever. And it, it, it's, it's life-changing. Oh, it really is. I mean, to, to it, I, I grew up in, in Costa Rica um, uh, and I didn't become fluent in English until I was 10. Um, and, and I was certainly, I did not speak any English before age eight. I, I knew pancakes and milk because my, my father made incredible pancakes and he's from the United States. But, you know, my, my first, my first movies, the first movies that I love, uh, Star Wars, for me, Star Wars is, I, I remember it in Spanish. I remember James Earl Jones is an incredible actor, but for me, Darth Vader is Isidro Lasse and the other, the other actors who played him for Latin America for 80s theatrical release. Um, and that to me, you know, those are my, those are my memories. That's, that's my, what, yeah, that I, I engaged deeply with those movies and it was thanks to yeah. dubbing. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to read subtitles. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in, in South Africa, we, we um, so dubbing has an interesting history here, but we, ha we had a version of Spider-Man that was, that was dubbed into uh, one of the local languages and the song became a huge hit. So you speak to anybody of my generation, we won't speak about Spider-Man, we'll speak about Rabubi, because that was, that was the, the translated name for, for Spider-Man. And we all sing, sing the theme tune in Zulu. <laughs> Which, oh, that's you know, awesome. So it, it just proves that it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and to speak, I think you, you know, one of the things with animation is that it, it really does lend itself to dubbing. The, yes, the production absolutely. process for animation is similar to the dubbing process. The actors are recorded in the booth. The backgrounds are created in soundscapes. So, you know, unlike live action, you're not trying to replicate the quality of the sound recording, recorded on set or on location on a particular day and with the microphone moving depending on the shot where the camera is placed so that you can get the microphone out of frame. So we, we really, I feel like we get the chance to recreate. Animation, first of all, is a miracle. You're, you're drawing you're making a bunch of drawings and getting people to believe that they're characters uh, and then you're having actors read a script and 
perform it and these people come these, these characters come alive and they make people laugh and cry and love and think and empathize and we get to do it all over again in 30 languages and because of because the workflows are so similar we have a shot at success i mean it's it's incredibly difficult you have to translate so that you can you know match up to uh, you know, number of syllables and lip sync, even though with animation, that's a little bit easier because it's not as, as tight on the, you know, the motion isn't as tight on the lips, but you have to pull off this miracle. The big thing about animation is that we have a better shot at pulling it off. Yes, absolutely. Because there's so much more control. Working live action, I can't tell you how many times I've tried to figure out with an engineer what filter is going to replicate where the boom operator had the mic for this one shot. <laughs> and how to recreate from the room tone the background that is just there throughout the domestic scene. With animation, we, we all those pieces are there for us. We just have to exactly. respect the integrity of the, of the domestic and uh, work with humility and, and creativity for the locale. Absolutely. And I, and I think that that really, if I was to summarize the, 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 um, heart of what you've been saying, I really think that that summarizes it perfectly. Um, so I want to really thank you. This has been such a fun conversation. Um, and I hope that we get to have another one of these soon. Me too. I, um, as you've probably noticed, I love talking about dubbing and can go uh, at length. You've been listening to Telling Stories from the Clubhouse. Join us next week as we discuss more topics and tales about sharing stories with the world. 